that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. And this is our, I'm shocked and happy and so glad to be wrong edition of the Brown Notes podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Um, I thought they were going to get obliterated. Oh, I think o- only the the uh, the our uh, our Browns friends on the internet were solely convinced that they were going to win. Um, listen, man, this is if there, we we had talked about this before. If there was one thing that Kevin Stefanski was missing in his career here as a Browns head coach, it was what a signature win. This, my friend. Is Kevin Stefanski's signature win, wouldn't you say? Uh yes and no. And man, don't don't make me be a cold bucket of water. Oh this, no, no, no. Uh, there's a there's a there's caveat to this, but go ahead. Yeah, there is. I mean, I think I need to see I love the win, believe me, man. I'm tickled to be three and two and not be two and three. I'm 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 tickled, okay? I I don't know how else to say it, but I feel like, and this is going to feel like I'm getting nitpicky, but I feel like I need to see a win against a quality opponent with Deshaun Watson at quarterback where he plays and the offense runs in a manner in which we've expected to see it run since we gave up three first round picks and $240 million guaranteed and all the Sturm and Drang that came along with acquiring Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson. I need to see Kevin orchestrate that. Okay. Happy as hell and lame to use the word tickled for a third time, but Dolly G Willikers I'm tickled, (laughs) but I need to Um, see that win. Yeah, agree. So, um, here, here's, and that's, that's caveat one. Caveat two is, um, what I've noticed is that, um, the Browns under Kevin Stefanski have had trouble dealing with success, right? So we've got this big, huge win of theirs against the team that they were supposed to lose against. Give it to him. This is his first signature win. However, I want to see what happens next week against Indianapolis. I totally agree with you. They need to do this with Deshaun Watson. However, you've brought this point up more than once. The Brown or Kevin Stefanski has been really good historically at taking average talent and making them better than maybe playing above their heads, right? 
I want to see what he can do to your point with Deshaun Watson. And I also want to see them handle success and put a couple of wins together is what I want to see. This was a great win. I'm really happy about it, but I need to see them handle success. Right. I need to see them do what you said and play well with Deshaun Watson. And I need to see them put a couple of wins together instead of this, this win one, lose one, win one, lose one stuff. I got to see that. Listen, again, don't want to be Mr. Wet Blanket, but to me, it's growth as a fan base when winning on Sunday isn't enough. When they won this game, my mind immediately went to, yeah, but can they do it again? In other words, next week against an opponent they should beat, they have to take care of business and go to four and two. Otherwise, The heroics of today, if you drop down to 500, don't matter. You might as well. You know what I mean? So it's like they've got to build on it and show that they can handle success and that they can handle. Basically, they have to expect to win and go out and win the game. Right? Right. That's exactly it. And if they if they if they poop themselves next week and don't handle the success and kind of feel themselves a little too much and they go into Indianapolis and lose next week, it undoes everything that happened today. It completely undoes it and makes it totally empty. That's right. So this year we've seen this like toggling between impressive victory and strange loss i will call the two losses this year not just losses but weird losses the losses to pittsburgh and the ravens so we've seen these impressive wins that lift us all up and then the following week followed by a weird what are they doing none of this makes sense loss i need them to make sense they have to start making sense eventually Right. There's that consistency thing. Stefanski et al. have been lacking a little consistency and and the weirdness has to start going away. Um, and, and I even said this to you in a text a little bit earlier, be, because they beat San Francisco with PJ Walker, I wouldn't personally be surprised if they sat Watson another week because Technically, theoretically, the Colts are not nearly as good as the 49ers. And if they if they beat the 49ers with P.J. Walker, they can certainly beat Indianapolis with P.J. Walker. And to your point, excuse me, they should go into Indianapolis even with P.J. Walker and expect to beat them handily. And they need to do that. That is for sure. Totally agree with you on that. And I think what we've heard from people like Mary Kay is that this is technically a six-week injury. So if he sits next week, that's four weeks, okay? Yeah. So if it's a four- to six-week, you know, injury, I I wouldn't even have any anticipation of playing him next week. And I think P.J. Walker has demonstrated that he can be competent, but some of the things we – kind of have i've read in the media are a little you know disconcerning that he changed a play at the line and and threw the ball when he wasn't supposed to um you know that's worrying but that's something that can be corrected but i think that you know he showed that he can run the offense you know so 
that's really all you need. And I think the the difference was Kevin Stavansky. I mean, what did they run the ball like twenty nine times today or something like that? I mean, that was the the difference is they got smarter than for sure. This game, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Listen, man, with regard to PJ Walker, he I saw a stat during the game uh, was a graphic uh, that the Carolina he was with Carol Carolina yes. I believe yep. he, he when he was with Carolina he was four and three as a starter with Carolina so um I have to feel like if he needs to put a couple of games together back to back like this today and next week at Indianapolis I have to feel like if he was four and three as a starter in Carolina he could certainly hopefully learn from you know he's listen he's got no business making an audible uh, that, that late in the game to a pass that late in the game there uh there's there's no reason for him to to have needed to do that and hopefully that's stuff that you know they work on during the film sessions uh, but I, I i personally have would expect if pj walker had to go in he would be better than today um and they they should have no problem um with indianapolis with him as the quarterback and the funny thing you mentioned about the sean watson some weird stuff is some some different things are coming out about his shoulder now did you see that where now everybody thought that he got the bruise from when he got hit in the shoulder but it right. turns out that that's it turns out now here's where again it adds to the weirdness of the last few weeks it turns out that that's not what happened to him on another play i guess he got forearmed in the throat or something right. uh, gross he said and when he fell down he put his right arm out to break the fall and that and that strained the muscle in his shoulder so it's actually not a bruised rotator cuff it's it's the straight he's stretching his arm out and landing on it strained the muscle in his his subscapular shoulder muscle so that's not even close to what everybody's been saying for the last two weeks so it just makes the weirdness get even don't you am i oh am i looking into this too much or does it just seem really weird that what actually happened is not even close to what everybody says has been happening no and be and and does that change Mary Kay's information that it's a six six week injury with a shoulder contusion if it's not really that you know um, it could theoretically but it's but let's just kind of like let's just accept that we're Browns fans and for whatever <laughs> reason we live in a world where everything is surrounded everything is an enigma wrapped up in a mystery and they just don't communicate or handle information like one would expect them to i would think that it would be much better for the locker room if everybody just knew exactly like hey he's going to miss two weeks and then everybody could just okay this is our guy but that isn't the case at all it's always everything that comes out of berea is bizarre communication is always weird and we're always like fucking uh you know we're always sitting here like um trying to figure out some ciphers from the zodiac like fucking jake joenhall or something right so it's like <laughs> there's no clarity to anything that happens out of oh, that's, that's we just have to live with that as fans we're like you know we're just wed to this franchise and we have to put up with this kind of mystery i saw deshaun watson celebrating on the sidelines yeah today. yeah Funny. well you know what makes all that weirdness go away don't you just winning yeah. they just win it they they could be 
there, there could be a bunch of fucking Andy Warhols on the sidelines for all I care. If they're winning football games, I don't give a damn. And the fact that they won today makes all that weirdness just not quite as relevant. And so, right? right? I mean, Does it right? matter to you that the win came on like a missed field goal at the end? I mean, doesn't uh, no. it feel fluky in spite of no, how great because, the defense played? No, because how many games have the Browns lost that way? Yeah, but we're the Browns. I mean, it, yeah, but it nobody. Feels... It, 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 yeah, I mean, the, the the other teams that have beat us in that way never said, "Oh, well, the win isn't quite as meaningful because the Browns missed the field goal at the end." But to me, and I don't care if people hate me. To me, <laughs> it feels, regardless of how well the defense plays, the win feels really like lucky. And you can say, well, you're not luck to play the San Francisco 49ers 1917. That's not luck. No, I get it. The defense played really well. They, you know, they, I don't think the 49ers had a first down until that last drive in the second half. I mean, so the defense played like really, really well. Um, but it until just the, felt until, like, uh, until the last drive, and then the defense right. just kind of disappeared at the end. And you're right; they were damn lucky that they missed. That then you had goal. flag after flag after flag, and it was the you know putting them right down the field in the scoring position. And I just felt like they kind of like it was all set up for them to lose, you know, by by a game-winning field goal. And it comes down For to sure. why couldn't they manage the clock in the red zone when the Browns had the ball to leave the 49ers with no time on the clock? Well, we know now that you know the quarterback was changing plays at the line and not doing what he was being told to do, which makes me wonder, you know, Kevin does a good job of always falling on his sword for the players. And it makes me wonder, how often does he do that? You know what I mean? Whenever... We're cursing Kevin. Why are you calling that? That's insanity. And, you know, how often is it the players just going rogue or not running what, you know, they should be doing? Well, he's been kind of sort of falling on the sword for all the fucking weirdness that's been happening in the last two weeks, hasn't he? He's been the guy that's been taking the heat on that. And really, we can we can speculate all we want about what's really going on there. But everybody's hammering him, including me. I've I've been hammering him, too. But we don't really know how much, you know what I mean? So he's right. been take, he's been, he's been willingly taking the heat for that. So you're right, man. I mean, PJ called PJ audible wrong at the end, which caused some clock issues. And, you know, there's going to be some people. In fact, I was watching um, another, you know, widely known reaction YouTube video where the guy was really giving Stefanski a hard time about this very topic, not knowing that. And I knew it because I went back and watched it after the fact. Right. He didn't know at the time that PJ Walker called that playoff and that's what caused some issues. But he was, he was giving Stefanski a hard time for his play calling. So and I so was, maybe you're right, dude. I was listening to the radio broadcast and yeah. Nathan Zagura was going nuts because He's like, you just need the quarterback to run and slide there and just, you know, take some time off the clock. That's all you need to do. That's it. Why are you throwing? And it almost got picked off. Holy Jesus. The triple coverage. And Zagura was losing his mind, dude. And it's like, and so I'm listening to the uh, K&R post game and Grossi comes on and says that, you know, Kevin typically covers for his players, but Kevin didn't this time in the press conference and said, yeah, that's not what was called. 
And I guess PJ went over and apologized on the sidelines like immediately, but he changed the play at the line. And so that's the game right there. It shouldn't have come down to sweating out, you know, a, a potential game winning field goal. I mean, by rights, the Browns should have lost the game for as well as the defensive performance went. You're talking about just getting in field pole, field goal position and knocking it through. They're just damn lucky the ball didn't go through. Sorry. Well, if if Jed Wills hadn't had that holding penalty and the Jokers touchdown would have counted, and then the game would have been won before that field goal, anyways. Yeah, so, but you don't know that though. Is it my? I understand what you're saying, but you don't know how the game plays out from there. You know what yeah, I mean? True. So maybe true, the Browns, ab- maybe the Browns abandoned the the. I mean, I don't know who. who you don't know how the game plays out. True. And hey, so let's let's go back to that one thing that you just said. So Stefanski historically falls on the sword for all of his players, except for today with regard to PJ Walker. How do you feel about that? Let's think, let's talk about that one little thing quickly. How do you feel about him actually calling out what really happened instead of, instead of covering for, for him this one time? Well, first of all, it just from the, um, uh, department of uh just just from our department of internal podcast corrections here i <laughs> did not hear this in kevin stefanski's pro- uh, post game i am just okay. merely parroting what i heard on the radio so Got i it. can't guarantee that i'm dealing in fact i have not heard it for myself but if Got in it. fact kevin did come out and, and mention it in the post game then mm-hmm. maybe he's just not willing to kind of he's maybe he's just had enough criticism of his play calling and is just willing to say you know what players got to execute what they're being asked to do you know so you know maybe that's it i don't know but i'm not really 100% comfortable commenting on it without having heard it myself i mean i think there's ways to i personally it, under certain circumstances and if done the right way i don't have a problem with that because if you cover for your players too much, then unconsciously they get the feeling like, well, it doesn't matter if I fuck up because he's just going to cover for me. You know what I mean? See, this way, if he's not, if he's calling somebody, not calling him out, but if he's stating a fact without throwing somebody under the bus per se, then then that holds the player a little bit more accountable to the right and i think that it's not necessarily a bad thing if he's stating a fact instead of just covering for everybody that could actually wind up being a good thing for the team because then they start policing themselves a little bit more because they don't want their fuck-ups to become public because now they're like well you know i fucked up and he's not going to just cover for me and and just validate my fuck up so but i think this is a bad thing I think this is where the weirdness comes from is that I don't think they intend for it to be weird. I think the mission statement of Berea is (laughs) we will deal with things internally and we will tell everyone on the outside nothing. So when something goes wrong in a game and Kevin's asked about it by the media in the post game, he'll typically give an answer like, well, we all need to do better. Or if someone asks him about like he'll say, I need to coach better. Players need to play better, that sort of thing. Right. So he'll, yeah. he'll just put it under that umbrella or he'll say something like this, where they'll be like, you know, he'll, I lost my train of thought, but he'll always kind of like broadly answer it and 
just kind of move the question through that way. Like he's been asked, yeah. I just remembered he'll be, he's been asked point blank questions about like Deshaun Watson before. Yeah. And someone like a Mary Kay or Tony will say, you know, does Deshaun Watson need to do this better, you know, do a, B and C better. And then Kevin will answer it. Well, I think we all need to do a, B and C better. Right. He's right. You know, and he yeah. does that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's a legitimate thing. He, that's his that device fact. that he uses to answer these questions. That is his go-to is he includes everybody. Yes. Yeah, so I think yeah. that that's the modus operandi of how they operate as an organization is they have just made a decision that we will tell no one, we won't tell anyone anything. And we'll keep everything internal. So when he's up there falling on the sword for his players, I think that's just him keeping things internal. Like he'll deal with PJ when he gets him in the office on Monday. He's not going to deal with him in the press after the game. You know what I mean? So publicly. Yep. So I think that's just the way that, but what happens is it just creates weirdness because people don't know what's going on. And then also there's this weirdness between local media and national media where as you'll see in the local press conferences, nothing. And then all of a sudden, the Jay Glazer or Josina Anderson will tweet something out. And it makes you think, did the player just leak that to the national media and to kind of work around, right, as a workaround? Like, who's leaking this information to the national media but won't tell our media? So it always yeah, makes the, things the, weird. It is weird because the fucking national guys are always breaking shit and and posting shit that the local people just aren't getting. And so where's the shit coming from? Because locally they're not they're all the local press for those people who are listening to this that aren't familiar with the local press. The local press get really, really, really frustrated because they don't get shit from Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry, and yet they're always reposting shit from the national guys who get information that they aren't getting. And but they could gets, be, but it could be happening for reasons. Like remember when Jay Glazer broke the severity of the Baker Mayfield injury in 2021. Yes, and totally remember it that. turned out that Baker leaked that because Baker was playing <laughs> like shit. And yeah. the team was saying he's medically cleared to play and looks yeah. good in practice. And yeah. so that was the line from the team. And then all of a sudden you get the Jay Glazer saying, well, he's got this severe, this, you know, the injury is this severe. And how did he get that information? Baker's team list because Baker wanted it out there. Hey, I'm sucking because I'm hurt, you know, and the team yeah, it's, is telling it, you that. That's right. It's, it's the Deshaun Watson situation is the exact same as that, except the difference is, is Baker wanted to play still allegedly i think he's the one that wanted to play but in this case deshaun watson did not want to play but in both cases the team stuck to their guns and said well the player's medically cleared to play so it's yeah you're right dude so um so where are we now where are we now Scott? the, the watson thing is weird to me because i i read or heard someone say this and i'm going to parrot it as best i can yeah. but it, it struck me because when you think about and we just talked about baker yeah baker when he was here like the fans identified with him he immersed himself in cleveland he was you know giving out turkeys he was showing up at hospitals he was at the bars he was at the baseball games he became like a clevelander in a big way his wife was working on the local tv you know he, so he, he's like shotgun and beers at guardians games and shit. right and he became <laughs> like he became a clevelander and the fans in the community embraced him you know yeah. um 
And this remark I heard struck me because in a weird way, because of the circumstances by which Watson came here, he's the face and leader of the franchise, but the franchise doesn't embrace him as that. And because we haven't seen it pay off on the field yet, the the fans and the community don't really embrace him fully yet. And so he feels like there's this weird distance between Deshaun Watson and Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like they're not fully like integrated yet, you know? And well, I think the team I think the team is is keeping him that way. They're keeping him at a distance from the public because there's I think there's still a large percentage of the public that just want to hammer him for what happened still even even though that was you know the the team is trying to move forward from that he's trying to move forward for everybody's trying to move forward from but yeah you're right there i think i think i think i think deshaun could be embraced like baker he could if if the team would allow it to happen i think it's got to happen just through play it's but i guess the larger point is that he's in a weird spot he's like a man without a home it's like he's here and he's wearing browns gear but he still looks weird in browns gear you imagine him as a texan and it's like he he still doesn't feel like he's fully kind of like embraced by just he's not he feels like he's like homeless in a way. Like he's, he's a guy without a home. He's existing (laughs) on the outside. And I say all that because with this injury thing, it just made it like, I mean, Browns fans are so herky jerky in this roller coaster of emotions where there's Browns fans are like, Oh, he'll never play for the team again. You know, it's like people just don't know what to make of like nine games and one good game. And now two going on three weeks of injury and it's just too much like weirdness around everything to Sean Watson. Like there's no clarity around any of it. it's either like it's it, either the best move ever or the worst move ever. We have no idea still. Like 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 let's let's put Baker in this situation where he had the shoulder, but instead of instead of playing, he decided not to play. So let's put him in the same kind of so the team is saying he's medically clear, just like Watson. But instead of playing and we know what happened instead of that it's the opposite he chose not to play it would be different you the team is not and and i think what the the fans would because of baker was embraced more um the fans i'm trying to put this i'm trying to get my brain to work right the fans would be able to to empathize with the injury a little bit more with Baker because of how he was already felt by the fa- I'm not even putting this the way that I want to well, put he it. Well, he was Sean Watson here. Just, yeah, right. Deshaun Watson has been so protected from the public that the public is not getting a chance to empathize with the injury, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think under other circumstances, if he's got a hurt shoulder, then the public would be like, yes, okay, get get well soon d4 like we're with you man right but the team is the team is not letting the fans empathize with his injury that's like, the thing it's that. it's because there just isn't this like there isn't like he wasn't like baker was drafted here he was like the circumstances by which deshaun came here were of course 
all the legal stuff, and then the three first-round draft picks and the giant Godzilla-sized stack of money, he comes here with like expectations that are, we hadn't won yet when Baker came here. You know what I mean? Like We are waiting to win, and when you give all that up, that's all anybody wants out of Deshaun is be amazing. That's the expectation. (laughs) Be worth everything that we gave up, and then the giant, like, hit we took from a public relations standpoint to bring you here pay that back to us with amazing play and because it's hasn't been that it's created like this weirdness around him he wasn't drafted here he came here under strange circumstances and the only reason he's here is because of what Haslam was willing to do and because of those weird circumstances is the only reason why he found his way to Cleveland So it's just a weird situation. So there isn't all this like goodwill. In fact, his injury has almost caused a little bit of like mistrust. Like people don't know, like, is this a sus? Is he like really hurt or is this, what is, I think that, or is he just afraid to play the Ravens and the Niners? I've seen that, you know, oh, he he didn't. (laughs) I know. I can't believe that somebody actually brought that up, that he was, that he was sitting on a purpose. Well, see, this is the difference I think between like a dude like John Dorsey and the robots that are Andrew Barry uh, and Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, like personalities are irrelevant. Um, the, the 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 fans will love you because of the way you're performing on the field, and and that's it. But John Dorsey, there's a lot more to it than that. And if you're a guy like John Dorsey, who like doesn't really give a fuck about analytics or spreadsheets, like it's all feel and it's like football and there's, there's analytics aren't important. And he's like the complete opposite of those guys. So it just feels like the whole that to, to a guy like John Dorsey, like all of that, all of the intangibles that go uh, that are all around the what happens on the football um, field also matter because remember when he talked about Baker he talked about his his how the other guys in his workout just were just drawn to him and how he had this kind of crazy weird leadership quality to him didn't say anything about anything statistically related it was all about the feel and all about the intangibles. Where and that's I think the problem that what you're talking about is is the Deshaun Watson situation and and the 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 divide that's between the fans and him is kind of because you have a couple of robots who don't really care about intangibles or don't care about any of that stuff. They just care about what's happening on the field. And if you do your job on the field, then the fans will love you for that. But there's the intangibles that also matter that I just think that guys like Barry and Stefanski, that kind of thing just doesn't compute with them. And I think we've talked about this more than once, right? Yeah. It's weird because when you, when I saw him celebrating after the game, it was almost like, who are you? You know what I mean? It's like when I see Miles Garrett celebrating, I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's almost like it doesn't feel like he's, he's, you know, earned it yet in a weird way, you know? Well, uh, he's just got to play well and he's got to get on the field. I mean, real true, true. He's just because you're right. Like I'm looking at him celebrating and I want to look at him on the sidelines, you know, being happy with the rest of the team and they have a close up of him. And I want to say, man, that's my guy. I want to say that, but I'm just not feeling it. I totally agree with you. So it's you're not, not feeling like, it either. 
I'm not like like when Baker was here and the same and he's like quoting right. lyrics in the press con or quoting stuff in the press conferences. I'm like, that's my dude, right? But it's just not there yet with Watson. And maybe it's just the time thing. Maybe we just need more time. Maybe he just he just needs to win some football games, right? Maybe that's it. I think if he came out and was the electric Deshaun Watson we saw in Houston, the love would have kicked in like immediately. But it's yeah. the fact that it's been anything but, you know, that it's been a lot yeah. of really bad quarterback play and one good game that and now these injuries have just made it all weird, you know? Yeah. And when Dude. people feel and, and people get people when people feel weirdness, they 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 just they want it they want to push it away and weirdness does not compute well with people and so i totally agree with you on that boy i thought maybe it's my fault but i thought we'd be like super happy tonight about this big win no dude i mean no we are happy but we sure don't sound like it yeah, that's just because it's us, man. Is and that because you know, are, have they bro? Are we that like broken mentally by the Browns that even when we win, we don't know if we can even trust it. We're like, yeah, I got to see it again next week, man. I, this win was great, but unless they do it next week, I, I can't even feel good about it. Oh, that that's why we do this because we are probably two of the most broken Browns fans that I know. I mean, we are broken, dude. Like therapeutically broken. Um, yeah, no, I think we're just more realists. Right. I don't want to say while well, they, you know, I mean, well, let's 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 just say this. If if I would have told you that after the San Francisco game, their record would be three and two. I mean, you would be happy with that, right? Yes, but I now seeing the three and two record, I'm like, yeah, but that Ravens game was like weird why did we lose and then i think in that steelers game we had no business losing that steelers game and i'm like we could be undefeated <laughs> exactly that was exactly my point if you look at how the three and two happened i i, I can't just i can't just be blind bandwagon guy i can't because right. the two losses are really fucked up and weird um the first win against the Bengals sorry was fool's gold and i talked about that more than once so really and even this win was weird because they should have lost and it was with a backup quarterback so out of the three wins out of the five football games they've played only one's been kind of normal and that was so, the tennessee game rico and even that one was weird because they didn't have nick chubb <laughs> so really true. all five of them were kind of weird <laughs> All right, let me put you on a spot here. This is a yeah. cheesy um, sports talk radio <laughs> hack routine, but I'm going to put you on the spot after this big win. Total right. sports talk radio hackery. Buckle up, listeners. Yep. Here it is. Let's do it. Rico, I want you to give somebody a game ball. Game. Oh, boy. Um <laughs> <laughs> all right um okay my my game ball goes to i know who you're gonna say i'm not gonna say that dude because you want me to say that guy but no i think i know guy. who you're gonna say um uh, uh okay i'll say it my game ball goes to dewan jones for making for for making for making uh fucking what Joey Bosa irrelevant the entire game. And that sack was not against DeWan Jones. It was against it was against uh uh 
Teller. He 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 beat Teller for that sack. So Dewan Jones made Bosa irrelevant the entire game. So dude, you are you are so up in that dude's. I am all over him like a cheap suit, man. That is yeah, a if, fact. If the two of you went to the Taylor Swift Arrows movie, <laughs> you, you would be happy if he pulled the bucket of popcorn in the lap trick and you would happily grab yourself a few kernels, if you know what I mean. I do. I do. I, I, do I you want to hear where my I game would, ball's going? Well, no, but but first, I would be sitting next to him wishing that he did the fake yawn so that he could put his <laughs> armor on me. I would be hoping that would happen. Uh, Amari Cooper is yeah, dude. Game ball. That catch, the catch, right? Yeah, he played a crazy. Hell of a, he played a hell of a game, and you need a guy really like did. that when you've got a quarterback that's a little sussy. You need a court. You need a guy like Amari Cooper out there, and apparently, again, this is per Grossy. And sorry, all you Grossy haters out there, I know you're legion, so you can turn this off if you don't <laughs> want to hear me quoting him. But Grossy said that PJ Walker called Jacoby Brissett midweek to ask him uh, specifically about Amari Cooper and about you know these receivers that the Browns have and what they're you know, routes are like and timing and all that. So Walker was doing a little bit of homework, but really it was basically around, Hey, what makes this Amari guy click, you know, and that Jacoby Brissett was happy to um, give him the inside uh, scoop on that. But yeah, I would give my game ball to Amari Cooper. Actually, you know what? I, I, we both go offense when the defense like kept them in the game the whole time. Well, no, I was, I was just going to say that, like, I don't want to like, I, 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 I want to mention um shit. What's his name? Uh, the tackle they got from Minnesota. What the hell is his name? I can't uh, believe Z. I'm forgetting it. Not Zadarius Smith, the other guy. Uh, uh, oh uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's no. Um, Delvin, oh, Delvin shit. Tomlinson. That's Del- it. Delvin yep, Tomlinson. Yep, yep. He he gets a game ball too because he was in the fucking backfield all fucking game and he was uh, he was great. Delvin Tomlinson was great all game today. So yep. he certainly gets a game ball for me. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, JOK played a great game. Yes, he did. Um, uh, uh, fucking and Martin Emerson. Yep, had a pick, dude. Had He's pick. been first call- pick that uh, Brock has thrown. Right? Yeah, they're calling it. They're calling him Emerson Island now, which is crazy. Nice little Revis yeah. Island reference. I know. So I mean, yeah, I ju- I, I mean, Dewan Jones played a great game, but really, really for me, my game ball would be Dalvin Tomlinson on defense right. for sure. Well, thank you for indulging my hack radio. Um, <laughs> get there. Listen, I just to close. Got a minute thirty left. Yep. I know I didn't sound like over the moon happy, but I am. I'm still a little stunned to be quite honest with you, but this is a good football team. I just need to see them be good week in and week out. They're very, very talented. This is a talented roster. They, they can, this team can win some games, Rico. Totally agree with you. The problem is, is they've been inconsistent and they have prob they've, they've had trouble dealing with success. And if they can deal with those two things, put together a couple of wins and be able to handle the success instead of letting it get in their way, th- they really could be on to something really, really great, dude. Fact. All right. Go Browns. Go Browns. Cleveland Browns, all day, all night. Ever wonder if rock and roll is dead? 
Does the music we grew up loving align with modern sensibilities? Or should it be relegated to the dustbin of regrettable rock history? My name is Scott. And this is Rico. We are your rock and roll pathologists. Join us as we take your favorite songs and put them under the knife every week on Rock and Roll Autopsy. New episodes every Sunday at midnight, wherever you stream your podcasts. The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast.